You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking a lot about the Giants, a lot about the Jets, and uh, they've got uh, some interesting matchups. Joining us, Jeff Legwald. He does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos, has for quite a while, and we're thrilled to have you on the program. Jeff, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Anita? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, very interesting. This is a Denver Broncos team that many people feel should have lost to the Chicago Bears last week. And this is a Jets team that many people feel should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Uh, But because those things did not materialize, now you've got a Denver Broncos team. They are home. They were favored by two and a half. The over-under is 43 and a half. Um... So with that being said, obviously the big storyline here is the things that Sean Payton said prior to the season, very negative about Nathaniel Hackett. So a lot of people are calling this either the Sean Payton Bowl, the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl, a lot of bad blood here uh, that is going to be boiling over on Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, what, what can you tell us about that whole dynamic? Anita, they acted this week, this week like they – was the hope it goes away bowl. I mean, they all pretended, uh, at least publicly, nobody said anything. But uh, John Payton was immensely uh, critical of Nathaniel Hackett and his staff. And, uh, you know, everybody played nice publicly this week, except for maybe a, a few Jets players said they uh, they felt like they, they needed to, to stick up for Hackett or, or you know, at least make the Broncos feel it. But, uh, you know, Peyton, for his part, just tried to act like or, or hope no one reminded him that he said all that. And I, I think it's very clear that uh, he did not reach out to, to Hackett, you know, since then as he, as he promised he would in August. So uh, it's all bubbling there beneath the surface, uh, I think. And, I don't know anybody who knows Nathaniel Hackett who doesn't think he, you know, remembers everything that was said and, and, you know, was not happy about it. I think this week, though, you got two one and three teams. Maybe if one was four and oh and one was three and one, they would have made this into a big, bigger thing. But I think both teams are got their bigger problems they're trying to solve right now than and sort of what got said in August. Um, you know, in, in, in regard to what was said, uh, you know, can totally understand why Nathaniel Hackett and, and, and the Jets are, are, are not happy about it. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, came out and, and voiced his opinion uh, in regard to what was said. But numbers don't lie, Jeff, right? And even though this is a, a, a Denver Broncos team that's one in three, a big reason here as to why they're losing is on the defensive side of the ball, not because of Russell Wilson. His numbers actually have been quite impressive. Um, some of his numbers, top three, top five in the NFL of all 32 starting quarterbacks plus. So, you know, obviously, what 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 is Sean Payton, what is Sean Payton, what has he had done with Russell Wilson? Um, and, and why did Russell struggle so much with Nathaniel Hackett? Well, I mean, I think that the biggest thing they've done this year is what they should have done uh, last year and just, just get the ball out of Wilson's hands more quickly and construct the offense to either make him do that or, uh, you know, just 
make that a topic of conversation at, at every moment. Last year, he just simply uh, held the ball too long, and they didn't, they didn't protect well at all last year. They were not very good up front. Uh, they could not hold their ground in pass protection, and his reaction to that last year was to hold the ball try and move around, try and make plays late in the down, and it, and it rarely worked out well for him. So, and, you know, before they started the offseason program, Sean Payton essentially said, this is how we're going to run the offense. You know, we're going to move at a higher tempo. We want you to get the ball out of your hands quicker. Uh, we're going to call plays to do that. We're going to give you route combinations to do that. And then he told Russell to get in better shape, and Russell did his part. You know, he lost between 10 and 15 pounds, so, you know, whoever you believe in that, and is moving better. And, again, he uh, people wondered, you know, can he be coached hard at this point in his career? And uh, He has done his part. They've coached him hard. He has followed directions, and he's run the offense the way they want to. And he's got a couple 300-yard games, and it's, you know, that's, that's one of the tougher things for the Broncos. If you'd have said in July, you know, I think people would have said if they could just get Russell Wilson figured out, then, you know, they'll be in the mix. And here they are at one and three, and he is the least uh, of their worries right now. I mean, he's playing very well, and, and there's no reason to believe he can't play well. In fact, the numbers would be even better if they would play the rookies, Marvin Mims and, and Jaleel McLaughlin, a little more. Uh, if they quit holding those guys back, uh, his Wilson's numbers would even be a little better. How about that? Um, Jeff Legwald joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, uh, while we're talking about the offense, uh, let's do a deeper dive, especially at the running back position, right? Javante Williams uh, dealing with a, uh, a quad, from what I understand. A lot of people ran out to their fantasy football rosters, Jeff, and picked up, is it McLaughlin? Am I pronouncing that properly? A lot yeah, of people feel that he's going to even yeah. – fantastic. Kudos to me. Uh, a lot of people feel that even if Javante Williams is active, McLaughlin is going to be the lead back in the backfield. What can you tell us? What can Jets fans expect in that backfield? Well, you know, uh, Javante Williams practiced fully today. So when he looked, you know, in the portions uh, on Fridays, we – see about half the practice and he looked very good in that portion of the practice uh Javante I'm talking about but they still listed him as questionable which tells me uh they want to see how he is tomorrow when they come in for their walkthrough so uh if Javante doesn't have any issues tomorrow he'll be in the mix Sunday uh Julio McLaughlin you know they still he's very explosive Every time he touches the ball, it seems like good things happen, but they still have limited him in some of their personnel groupings because they worry about him in pass protection and they don't want a mismatch against bigger linebackers. So they've been careful about when they use him. So uh, I'm not sure folks should treat him like an RB1 yet uh, in that realm, but he is going to play, and when he does touch the ball, there's always a chance he's going to make a touchdown out of it. Uh, again, Jeff, a big reason why this Denver Broncos team is one in three is because their defense just has, has not been stellar, to say the least. Um, what what gives 
why why has this this defense especially their their past defense just has not been great made Justin Fields look like a Hall of Famer but then again so did the Washington Commanders last night um but with that being said wh- what is it what is it about this Denver Broncos defense that uh that they're struggling so much well I mean you know they're they're kind of two a few things have happened one is they you know after you fire your coach every two years uh you're just not going to have any depth because every new coach wants 20 or 30 new guys they want a new scheme uh, and they just remake the roster again. So they were not a deep team when they got to training camp. In fact, I, I think it was the thinnest depth chart overall that I had seen in my time on the beat here. So uh, you take that, and then they had probably the three worst injuries they could have had. Baron Browning, maybe their best all-around pass rusher, uh, hurt his knee in OTAs and had surgery, so he has not played yet. And then Justin Simmons got hurt and missed two games at safety. And then their nickel corner, maybe the most important guy in the secondary, Kaywon Williams, had ankle surgery before uh, during training camp, and he has not played. And you take those three guys out of a thin depth chart, and you get what they've had so far. You've got a lot of guys playing out of position or playing more than they expected, making a ton of assignment errors and, uh, you know, probably no lower point than the 10 uh, touchdown barrage the Dolphins put on them uh, a couple weeks ago. But they played a lot more man defense in the second half against the Bears, and it it actually settled them down. So I, I think the Jets can expect a little more of that, which means, Maybe uh, Pat Sertan with a little more one-on-one matchup with Garrett Wilson. So with that being said, before we let you go, what are your expectations for, uh, for late Sunday afternoon? How, how, do you, what, what's, how do you see this game materialize? Uh, who do you think wins and why? I, you know, I think if the Broncos can sort of settle down on offense, you know, I know their, de- you know, their defensive troubles are well-documented, but really – uh, their offense hasn't bailed them out either when they've had the chance. And if they're willing to run the ball, I've been very surprised at how people have run the ball against the Jets when I went back and looked at it. Uh, they're giving up some rushing yards, but Sean Payton isn't always as patient as he should be in the run game. And if he does find some patience, I think the Broncos can, can just sort of get the tempo of the game uh, where they want it and, and maybe squeak one out. Well, again, this is a Broncos team. Uh, they are favored at home at minus two and a half. The over-under is 43 and a half. Uh, Jeff, always great to have you on. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I will anytime, Anita. Take care. You got it. Again, Jeff Legwald joining us here, uh, part of our ESPN family covering the Denver Broncos for quite a while. How about that? Sean Payton did not pick up the phone and call Nathaniel Hackett to apologize. Whoa. Um, how, <laughs> how, I, what, what, what are you more looking forward to? The game itself or at the end of the game when the coaches have to come to the middle of the field to, to, to shake hands? Will that even happen? I don't even think that'll happen. <laughs> Boy, uh, this game is going to be interesting. 
right? And if it wasn't for Nathaniel Hackett and uh, in the comments that Sean Payton had made, um, how enticing would it be to watch this game? I don't think very enticing, but because of all that went down, um, I think this is going to be one of the hot top games heading into week five. There's no denying that. 800-919-3776. We come back. I have some more college football plays for you. Uh, I, I, I've got the Dallas Cowboy 49er game, I feel, is the best game on the slate. I don't think I'm going out on a limb there. I think the majority of us would agree to that. Uh, I've got some more NFL plays for you, some college. Also, we've got Major League Baseball starting tomorrow. Four games starting from 1 o'clock all the way to like 11 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, it is the in Major League Baseball postseason, and I have some futures bets uh, that you can go to the window right now before, of course, game one starts at one o'clock. So all that when we get back, uh, and we'll hear from Fat Jack as well this hour, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Nebraska up on Illinois 17-7 to as well. What are some of the other college football plays I like heading in tomorrow. Give me Mizzou plus five and a half against LSU. They are five and zero. Oh. last time they were five and zero oh was back in 2013. What were you doing back in 2013? I don't even remember. Um, big reason why they are undefeated. Brady cook is their quarterback. 348 straight passes without an interception. He's sporting an 88 passer rating and LSU. Their defense is struggling, especially against the pass fifth worst pass defense in college football so watch out this is a, a, a matchup that really favors mizzou so i can get them at plus five and a half i'm all over it also i'll drop a lay a lie the nine and a half with unc north carolina the tar heels going up against syracuse love me some drake may he continues his quest uh to uh make a good case for him to win the heisman he's averaging 36 points a game Meanwhile, Syracuse on the road, not at home in the comfy confines of their dome. Uh, they have a 17-point loss against Clemson that they're still dealing with. And their best offensive player, arguably, their tight end, Aronde Gadsden, is out uh, because of a foot injury, which I knew his dad really well. This is Aronde Gadsden Jr. Uh, his dad played wide receiver for, uh, for the Miami Dolphins, and I knew his dad extremely well. So... Um, so UNC laying the points at nine and a half, Mizzou getting the points at four, and uh, and also I do like Oklahoma tomorrow. The Red River rivalry, uh, this is a close one. Usually it comes down to one score game, and this is an Oklahoma team uh, leading the Big Twelve in scoring on offense and defense, uh, putting up almost fifty points a game and not allowing more than eleven points a game. So this is going to be a good one. Texas is good. I just think I just like Oklahoma getting the five and a half. I think either Oklahoma wins outright or Texas wins by a field goal. So give me Oklahoma plus the points. In regard to Major League Baseball, uh, I've got the Phillies over the Atlanta Braves at plus 175. Uh, Some question marks in regards to Atlanta and their pitching. Uh, Wheeler for the Phillies should get two starts. And, you know, both these bullpens... Okay, Phillies a little bit better. 317 ERA, Atlanta 406. This is interesting as well. Since August, both these teams have hit the same number of home runs at 107. So uh, I do like the Phillies. Also, here's, here's a good one for you. Series over 11 and a half home runs in this series. 
over 11 and a half total home runs hit in this series. Both these teams have just been banging, crushing the cover off the ball. But I do like the Phillies to upset Atlanta, and you could get that at plus 175. Also, I've got the Orioles winning the series against the Rangers. This is it. I know they're young and inexperienced in regard to being in the postseason, but man, they've got a great bullpen, a durable rotation, talented core, third best winning percentage before the All Star break, second best winning percentage after the All Star break. And this Rangers team, they kind of limped into, uh, hobbled in, I should say, the postseason. So uh, I do like the Orioles to win the, the, uh, the series over the Rangers. Um, in regard to NFL, obviously the big game is the 49ers. I do like the 49ers winning. Here's an interesting nugget for you. The Dallas Cowboys have 85 plays in the red zone. 85. And just to give you an example of just how astronomical that is, the next team that has the most plays in the red zone is the 49ers at 54. At 54. But even though the Dallas Cowboys have 85 plays in the red zone, they only have eight touchdowns, which is a 10% touchdown rate. Forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, 49ers are going to win this. And also, Christian McCaffrey is going to score another touchdown because he's on his way to breaking the record that stands at 15. He's at 13 straight games. So I'm going to play same-game parlay. Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown and the 49ers winning straight up outright and you can get that at plus money. That's how I'm playing that bad boy. We've got about three minutes um, until we have to take a break. And we've got uh, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, who's going to be joining us. We've got two calls. Let's try to get them. Alejandro is joining us. Um, Alejandro, welcome in. Got to make it quick. What's your question? Yeah, my question is, uh, well, you know, since it's a gambling show, I'm going to always bet against the Jets, longtime Jets fan. But do you think Zach Wilson is for real and – do you believe the offensive line of the Jets uh, is vastly improved with the switch from Pittman uh, over to guard and ABT to tackle? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I had Cynthia Freeland on earlier tonight, and um, and you know, is, is and thank you for the, the the call, Alejandro. I really do appreciate it. You know, she said as as impressive as Zach Wilson was, she feels a big reason for his success. Um, was because the offensive line was able to protect him. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, that's, listen, there's a reason why you're told it's one in the trenches. It's because it is. Um, I know dancing bears aren't sexy. That's what I call offensive linemen. Uh, but, you know, they, they help your quarterback, you know, have the time to get the passes off and to get those completions and not be under duress all the time that we are seeing Danny Daniel Jones be under. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's been absolutely horrific for him, but nonetheless, um, you know, here's the thing, the Denver Broncos, they're not a team that's like, you know, puts, gets a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, also defensively, they're not great. We just had Jeff Legwald on. He was just telling you, you know, all the injuries, you know, the top three defensive starters, for the Denver Broncos have been beat up. Two of them are still not going to suit up in play. Simmons is expected to, if, if I, if I'm, if I read correctly earlier today, but so this is a Denver Broncos pass defense. And this is a Denver Broncos pass pass rush. Um, that I, I think the jets offense could, could handle. And so hopefully 
you know, we'll see Zach Wilson hopefully pick up where he left off against Kansas City. Because if Zach Wilson can play like he did, especially the second half, that one drive when he came out, boy, that really, that lit up that defense. You know, it's, it's when, when a defense is playing behind a quarterback that they know they can win with, boy, it makes all the difference. And we saw it in that Kansas City Chiefs game. Okay, so, um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, if Zach Wilson could pick up where he left off last week. That would be tremendous. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I really do appreciate it, but don't go anywhere. We're not done yet. We're with you for another 30 minutes. We got Fat Jack, who's going to be joining us next, giving us some more picks, some more plays, getting you ready for week five of your NFL slate. So continue We'll continue there right here on We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joins us now from across the pond. Ooh la la, fancy Fat Jack. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm here uh, taping some segments for the TV show and other things that we do. Uh, Beat the Odds. It runs on the Yes Network and around the country. So check that out this weekend. You'll get a lot of uh, different sights and sounds of the games over here. I was obviously at the last game between Jacksonville and Atlanta. I'll be at this week's game. Uh, so excited about that. Getting a little tired of fish and chips. I'm going to go to Din Tai Fung coming up uh, Sunday. Excited to branch out a little bit and then get back to uh, – America where we have all types of good food so I'm ready to go with that yeah I love fish and chips I love it and I love it with a, a, a lot of malt vinegar yeah so they, they do fish and chips right there's no question about it. it's all homemade everybody takes a lot of pride at that and egg salad sandwiches which are called egg and mayonnaise or mayonnaise and egg or whatever uh, those are two things they do well but they have other things I just after a while you know you're ready for a hot dog or something so I'm ready to get ready to get that going when I get back um, all right, well, let's dive into it. Since you're there, you've got your finger on the pulse of this game probably better than most. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, very interesting, right? Like Jacksonville's been there for a week plus, right? Because they played last week. They're playing again Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. The Buffalo Bills um, heading there now. They're favored by five and a half. The over-under is 48 and a half. I actually think it benefits the Bills to come in and get out as opposed to a team staying there for two weeks. Um, curious to get your thoughts. And, and, and if, if you're, you know, um, taking that into consideration, handicapping this game. No, that's absolutely the first thing that I look at. I've been, I've been coming to these games for different, different uh, outlets for the better part of about six years now. Uh, Jacksonville has an overwhelming home field of most of these games are owners from over here. Uh, everybody's picked them up as their team. But you're right. The, the how do you travel? And we'll talk about this when when you're Germany. We're going to have big games coming: Kansas City and Miami. A lot of really nice matchups from from people from the middle of the country, also, which is a little different than Buffalo. It's only five hour flight from Buffalo. It is a little bit of a, of a change, but not so much as if you're traveling from you know Green Bay, which we had last year, or Kansas City, someplace in the middle. So how you travel? Do you come over and get adjusted to the time change, or do you just show up? Stay acclimated to what you're doing, play an early game, and then get back because you don't want the thought process is you don't want to give away uh, the next outing or the outing after that with them having to adjust back to the time schedule. Buffalo is absolutely taking that approach. They're going to play early but not get their, their clocks off where Jacksonville has been here adjusted to the time, as you said, before they played Atlanta. Favorites do really well in this series as of late, 30 and 9 straight up. 
30 and 9, 39 and 1, actually. So uh, straight up and 26 and 14 against the spread. So that's 65% favorites typically get it done. I think this is one of those games you can also overthink with you know, who's here and all that, who's more comfortable. But the reality is, Anita, Jacksonville and especially Trevor Lawrence looks absolutely lost to me. That game against Atlanta that is not formidable offensively. They basically have Bijan Robinson and very little else. They the only reason that Jacksonville won by what they did is because they got a pick six because they got, they took Atlanta out of their game plan just long enough. But the reality was Lawrence had open receivers running wide open all day long. He is not working through his progressions. He is not comfortable in the pocket. He's taking off too early. That works against inferior offenses and or inferior defense. It does not work when you play a well-rounded team with a great quarterback and a good coaching staff that, that has a good defensive front. It's a public play for sure with Buffalo because people like the better team, but they're the right side here. I'd lay the five and a half and play the Bills. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I, I'd play this to six and a half. Um, you know, I, I think this Buffalo Bills team, I mean, we, we saw what they were able to do against Miami last week. Um, and uh, and so we're, we're both on the same side there. Let's bring it home. Let's talk Giants. Let's talk Jets. Uh, both on the road this week, the Giants in Miami. Miami at home, lane 12 and a half, Jack, 12 and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. Andrew Thomas still is not going to be on that offensive line for Dan Danny Dimes. He was, uh, or Danny Nichols, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was uh, sacked 10 times last week against the Seattle Seahawks, so that doesn't bode well for him. And Saquon Barkley has still been limited. My gut's telling me, I just, something's telling me that as, as conservative as this Giants medical staff is, I don't believe that we're going to see Saquon Barkley play this week. Uh, 12 and a half is a lot for me. I think this is a good spot to use Miami as a two-team six-point teaser and tease them down to six and a half. If I was going to play this, that's how I would. What say you? Yeah, I, I think that you've got to be real careful this time of year if you're betting on these games looking at what you saw last week. What in the world would have led anybody to believe Chicago was going to show up at Washington and win the way they did? You've got, you're never as bad as you appear. You're never as good as you appear. And yes, Mac Jones has been horrible uh, as an underdog. 0-12 is last 12 as a dog. Um, and Miami has been incredibly good offensively, even against good defenses like we talked about last week. Uh, and so this does not look good on paper, but neither did the Bears basically playing you and I and a couple of producers. I mean, we it just didn't look like they had any – a business in the world of of being in that game line or on a Thursday night. The reality is you're never as bad as you appear. You're never as good as you appear. There's a ton of room between covering this number and not winning. You'll hear people say, well, I don't play underdogs unless I think they win straight up. That's stupid. I mean, there are, there are going to be spots where, especially when you get over key numbers, that if you have a team just show up and be game, You'll be able to cover some numbers. I Listen, I wouldn't bet this game with your money probably, but if I did, there's no way I'm lining up and I'm playing teams that at 95% of the general public love to play because that is a losing formula when you're betting against casinos. Giants plus the points if you're going to play this one. And actually under also, uh, I could see this game going under the total. The only way the Giants stay in it is to get some stops, which hasn't happened a lot against Miami, but I do think they have a shot to do that, extend some drives, try to stay ahead of the chains. They can't just open Mac Jones up, so they're going to have to uh, slow things down, win time of possession, give me the Giants plus the points. The Jets, they are on the road as well, heading to Denver. Some people want to call this the Sean Payton Bowl, the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl, the things that Sean Payton said earlier in the season. Aaron Rodgers came out and said, don't talk about my offensive coordinator that way. 
More importantly, Zach Wilson impressed me last week against Kansas City, right? Best game I've ever seen him play uh, by far. And this Denver Broncos defense, boy, they're just god-awful. So I, I think the Jets could stay in this thing. Uh, they're getting two and a half on the road. On the money line is plus 114. Do you have a play here? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that under is the better play for sure. Neither of these teams, because of what you said, their defense is not great. So they're going to have to keep their defense off the field when they can. They're going to try to be conservative, not to mention the mistake prone on both of these uh, quarterbacks and both of these teams. So don't look for a lot of offense. Eight of the last nine in the series have gone under when they played at Denver. Seven of the last nine Jets games have gone under the total. Lots of under trends here. I think this game does go under. Last team to get the ball wins, but, uh, you know, a 16 to nine type game, somewhere in that range. I think a lot of field goals, not a lot of touchdowns. Better to bet on than watch, but I would actually lean toward Denver minus the point and a half or two, up to two and a half. Um, but have, how far have we come since what the Jets were preseason? We have Aaron Rodgers stand up for his offensive coordinator, and now he's not playing. We, we've almost forgot about all those things going on. Bottom line is both these teams need a win in a bad, bad way. Denver 0-3-1 against the spread this year. Uh, I look for them to get off the snide, but I do think it's going to be a better uh, better total bet than it is a side. So give me under the total first and then a lean toward Denver. Again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. Joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. A few other plays he wants to make in the NFL. How about Atlanta go up against the Texans? Boy, C.J. Stroud has thoroughly impressed me. Now you've got a Texans team on the road heading to Atlanta. They're getting one and a half on the road. The over-under is 41 and a half. What's your play here? Now this is I've been on Beat the Odds, which again runs around the country and on the DS Network. We give a play of the week. I'm undefeated on that play of the week, and it's been a, a total more times than not. And it's a total this week, and it's this total. Atlanta has little to no passing game. We talked about the pick six last week when they played Jacksonville. But B. John Robinson is the real deal, as everybody knows. They will get him the ball. They will run the ball, try to stay ahead of the chains, win time of possession, keep Houston on the sidelines. Houston's covered six of their last nine games overall, so they are absolutely formidable. But I think this game trends under. It's one of those that the clock is running the entire time. Eight of the last ten Atlanta games have gone under. Expect most of their game, a little bit like New England, more times than not, you bet under, you're probably going to win when you play on the the Atlanta games. Give me under the 41 and a half between Atlanta and Houston. Last but not least, let's talk about the, the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams getting four at home. The over-under is 40 and a half. Uh, let me tell you something, Jack. If Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders would have gone for two, uh, this Eagles team would have one loss. I, I'm, I, I totally believe that. Would, uh, their defense was just so spent – I, I think it was the wrong choice for the commanders to go into overtime, hence uh, allowed the Philadelphia Eagles to win. I just have not been thoroughly impressed. Even though they're undefeated on the season, I've just not been thoroughly impressed with their wins. Uh, thoughts on what happens in this matchup against the Rams? Yeah, you know, I was 4-1 and one last Sunday, and all those games are posted on the results tab on the website. You can see that I went over the total in the Rams game last week. Um, after they played San Francisco, listen, they have a banged up offensive line, absolutely have holes, but that is not always bad for totals. All right. It shortens the field. It makes the, uh, makes uh, the offense Stafford and company take chances down the field, throw the ball deeper, get it out of his hands quicker, which either cause turnovers or big plays. They're not going to be able to line up and just run it against this Philly defense, nor is Philly going to have a lot of success running it either. You talked about their, uh, how they played this year. 
Look for this total to also go over. Five of the last six Rams games at home have gone over. Rams are covering more times than not at home also. Philly's not going to win every game. This is absolutely an upset alert for them uh, if the Rams can protect enough and or get a, get a turnover too. I like the Rams here. I lean toward them, but I absolutely love the total. Let's go over the 50 or so. Fat Jack, you rock as always. We're so thrilled to have you on with us each and every week. You're the absolute best. Why don't you let folks know all the ways that they can find you, more picks, more plays, and more ways that you can help them win some money. Yeah, Anita, what you said, thank you for that. What you see is what you get with me. Everybody gets the same plays. They're the exact games I'm betting. They're text to your cell phone, they're emailed to you. There's no sales, there's no upselling, there's no inside locks, the whatever. It's just the best plays passed along to you that I've been making money with for the last 27 years. And then, more importantly, they're posted and documented under the results tab. Every single play, 100% transparent, so you know you're only getting the best plays. Go to fatjacksports.com. It's $149 through Monday. $3.99 through Halloween, or about $60 a week when you go through the Super Bowl. Of course, basketball starts here at the end of the month. Add those now and save even more. FatJackSports.com, sign up today and win this weekend. You're the best. I appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, still, a lot more coming your way right here on 98.7 ESPN.